0: To another player in Lancet show brought to you by the United Masterclass. I'm your host, Hader Rabani, and I'm joined again. I'm delighted to be joined again by James Rowe, football writer, interviewer, amazing, amazing knowledge and experience and connections in the football world, and also a great friend of the podcast. Someone that I always enjoy talking all types of football with. So, James, welcome back to the show. It's been a year, I think. Last time you came on, we did that show on Urene Timber, and it was a fantastic show. It's actually one of our best shows. The listeners absolutely loved it. could be moving to Arsenal at the time of recording this, and obviously you're a big big gunner, so I'm sure you're very excited at the, the idea or the prospect of Timber in that Arsenal side. Welcome back. Today we will be speaking about Andre Anana, but how are you? And uh, yeah, really excited to be talking to you about Anana because he has emerged at the time of recording this as a serious contender for that uh, number one position at Manchester United. And I think uh, after watching him in the Champions League final for Inter, where I thought he was the standout player for Inter, fantastic on the ball, uh, so calm, so collected. And uh, I think he'd be a really, really interesting signing for Ten Hag.
1: Thank you very much for a fantastic uh, introduction, Hayda. Lovely to speak to you again. Lovely to be back on the channel. Uh, Things are going well, thank you. And uh, yeah, recently we've gone over the 17-year mark of living and uh, working here in the Netherlands. So uh, time has passed so quickly. But yeah, as an Arsenal fan, absolutely blessed to be able to attend uh, games from Amsterdam from time to time. Obviously, because the distance is so long, but um, hopeful of a trophy next season. Yes, Arsenal had a great season last season, but we've we've got to win a trophy next season. There's four opportunities. We've got to take one, and uh, I really hope that we do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's let's jump into the show because I think it's really important for us to talk about what Anana can offer and hopefully Arsenal don't win too many trophies, but I thought they were fantastic this season and uh, hopefully United will be challenging and doing what Arsenal have done because they've built a really fantastic, young, mm. youthful, um, tactically brilliant side. And I think United have a very good manager as well in Eric Ten Hag. I'm going to bring up a graphic here and we can talk through the, the graphic, you know, in, in parts, but before we do that, why don't you give the listeners a uh, really deep insight into Andre Anana as, 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 as a player and as a person Uh, And also his time at Ajax, because I think a lot of fans knew about him loosely, um, was a free agent, and then he did move to intern. I think we maybe fans know more about him now because he played in the Champions League final. But he's been a very good goalkeeper, a very good ball-playing goalkeeper for a very, very long time. So how was his time at Ajax?
1: Well, first and foremost, he's a very confident young man and uh, a good, competent goalkeeper as well. You know, six years here at Ajax before that, five years in the academy at Barcelona, you know, and um, winning uh, trophies here in the Netherlands with two Eredivisie titles and uh, two, uh, kind of, a Bay, uh, Bay, uh, two Dutch Cups. And um, it, it looked for all the world when he was going to leave Ajax that he would go to Barcelona, but it ended up being into Milan. And I believe he has grown as a, um, as a goalkeeper, you know, at Ajax, he was a great shot stopper in particular. And you see that his distribution um, into Milan has improved. You see the Italian league also improving. It's not, it's not a, a poor man relations. It's, um, it's got a lot of depth and some very good teams. So I believe he has grown as a goalkeeper. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, if Manchester United get the deal over the line. But I think it's also important to, um, to give uh, props to uh, David de Gea. I mean, I remember seeing David de Gea play for Atletico Madrid in the Madrid derby in, um, I believe it was, April 2010. And um, you could tell he was an excellent goalkeeper then. And I think he's done really well at Manchester United. I really do. And um, it'd be interesting to see how how things go. I think Ten Hag has had a great first season. You know, to win something and to get that top four is is brilliant. And I hope that United can invest um, and he can push forward. But I think the takeover... I think that could well that could well drag out. So you hope that that won't be um, that won't be negative for the club. But a uh, great first season for Ten Hag, and um, you know he's still a very young manager relatively as well. So um, good signs for United. I just hope that they uh, remain patient.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you've you've encapsulated a lot of points that I want to break down with you here today. So um, let's talk about um, you know David de Gea versus Anana and I, I'm really happy that you have come in and obviously you're not a United fan and David hare has got a lot of hate a lot of it's really disappointing to see to be honest with you because he he's been a Manchester United for a long time I would say he's a legend at the club there was that period wasn't there after Sir Alex left and United were absolutely shocking you. and David Hare week in week out year after year United's best player saving Manchester United I do think though when you're looking at the way that Ten Hag wants to play and we will go into that in a bit more detail but Playing out from the back, having a goalkeeper and, and two centre backs who are comfortable in build-up, you saw with Lissandra Martinez it's been an absolute revelation. What a fantastic sign for Man United! Probably my favourite player along with Casemiro at Manchester United. I mean, he's completely thrown the, the the odd criticism about his height. You know, obviously being five foot nine out the window. Jamie Carragher, who I'm a big fan of, but obviously did admit that he was wrong there. United have got him there, and then you know, Varane is is a decent option. But the, the goalkeeper has been a problem for United. Do you think from watching United play a few times this season and knowing what you do know about David de Gea who very good shot stopper but the lack of ball playing ability or a lack of adaptability let's say that he he has he hasn't shown that really do you think that uh, it is time to move him on and then is Onana the right player to be bringing in you know you you mentioned he's a good he was a very good shot stopper at Ajax but he's shown that on the ball he's been fantastic and i think the way that modern football is going, you look at Aaron Ramsdale at Arsenal, for example, obviously, you know, Jay, uh, sorry, I was going to say Jay Leno, not Jay Leno, but Leno. <laughs> We've gone to Fulham um, and Ramsdale coming in and a few people sort of raised a few eyebrows, even myself included, I was like, six, six, mm-hmm. six, 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 but he's been a revelation. I mean, he's he's been a, one of the main reasons why Arsenal have improved so dramatically. You look at Liverpool with um, Alisson, the best keeper in the world, in my opinion, sensational Every aspect of the game, but great on the ball. You look at Edison, fantastic. Come off his line. All the top clubs, uh, and, and I would say the clubs that are, have aspirations to win all the big trophies, are built on the foundation of having a ball playing goalkeeper. And I think it's so important for Man United to bring one in. And I believe personally, David has been an incredible servant. I, he's a legend for me. I think it's time to move him on. Or if he's happy to sit on the bench and take a reduced wage, I'm also happy to have him stick around as well. But United do need to go towards an anano or maybe a Diogo Costa from uh, from Porto.
1: Mm. I think you make some great points, uh, Hayda, and I will start by saying that uh, we're in the middle of a transfer window and I'd like to start by saying that um, you can't plan a career. You can have dreams and ambitions, but you can't plan a career. And I think a lot of fans in the current day, I think they have short memories. And um, I really do. I mean, Manchester United in my lifetime, you know, Jim Leighton, Les Seeley, uh, Massimo Taibi, Fabian Bartes, Peter Smichael, you know. And uh, it comes and it goes in waves, as you like. But I, as you say, I think De Gea has been a great servant. And for all the vitriol about, you know, you say about him getting a lot of hate, I think that's very unfair. I, I really do, you know. And, and as for ball-playing centre-halves, there's, there's more than one way to roam. You know, if everybody in the world plays the same way, I think people would get a little bit, uh, tired of that quite quickly, you know. The um, the, the famous saying of an, an unstoppable force against an immovable object what, what's going to happen? And not everyone has the ability to play uh, like Manchester City, and nor should everyone have the inclination to play like Manchester City. You know, if you're going to beat Man City, what you've got to do is you've got to try something different.
0: No, it's a fantastic point. So, I think, look, David De Gea deserves a respect, he's earned the respect. Um, you know, he won the golden glove as well. Um, and, and he deserves if he does leave this summer. And I think United are doing the right thing looking at uh Anana and, and other goalkeepers as well. I know David Reyes, another one for Brentford, a very good goalkeeper on the list. I think going forward, you know, United do need someone who's more comfortable with the ball at their feet. But David O'Hea De deserves the respect and uh deserves if he does leave to, to, to be remembered very fondly. But James, I do want to jump in now before we look at the graphic here. Uh, I do want to talk about his relationship with Ten Hag, so I might be wrong here, so please do correct me, but I do sort of remember the time when he was looking to leave Ajax, maybe things got a little bit frosty, maybe it was with the club rather than with Ten Hag, um, but how was their relationship with Ajax and, um, you know, you mentioned about um, ananas you know, very good mentality, what what, would, what does Ten Hag, Ten Hag like about him is my question, because what I've been impressed with, with some of, well, pretty much all of Ten Hag's signings, whether you think of Malasia, whether you think of Casemiro, every single player that's come in, Christian Erikson's another, I felt like they've had the right mentality, the right attitude. And when you're looking to build a club which has been in the doldrums it, compared to United Standards over the last 20 to 30 years, you've got to be bringing in the right characters into this into this dressing room. And I've really been impressed with the players that Ten Hag has brought in from that perspective. And I like the, the, you know, the likes of Mason Mount being mentioned, obviously, Harry Kane's another one. I think players with great mentality. So, you know, what is what are some of the qualities that Ten Hag liked about him, and what was his relationship? I mean, did they fall out at all? You know, or is this all just sort of paper paper talk and hearsay?
1: Well, um, you may well know that um, Anana had uh, disagreements with Rugobert Song, manager of uh, Cameroon, about um, certain issues regarding the national team and uh, playing time. So he does have a little bit of previous, but I think that's more down to his uh, to his um, um, wanting to play. You know, he wants to play every single game as a goalkeeper. He's a very confident young man. So I don't think it's a it's a quality, quality which is to his detriment. I think coupled with his age, I, I think he wanted to make as much progression as he could. Hence why he was maybe um, a little bit too forthcoming and a little bit vocal about certain things. But uh, in terms of Ten Hag, when we spoke, uh, when he was first appointed, he's always looking for players who can search find the solutions themselves. And I think that's why he's looking for Anana, because he's got good um, distribution, good shot-stopper. And if he can help United relieve pressure in certain areas, I think that could help. And they do have a good um, a good relationship as well. Ten Hag is always quite loyal to his players. And I think that a first season in Manchester United, you know, the biggest club in England, it's, it's not easy. You know, I mean, his salary at Ajax was... Uh, I believe 675,000 euros and he his first salary at Manchester United was 11.8 million euros. So that's got to do something to you. You know, people say about the money involved in the game, whether you're a solicitor or whether you're a, um, a, a, um, a bricklayer or whether you're a administration clerk, if you go from that, Switching salary, that's that's gonna do something with you. And I think he's been he's been helped by Mitchell van der Haas, and he's been helped by Steve McLaren, especially as well with McLaren knowing the club as well. You know, that's also really important. And um I think he's he's surrounded himself with good people. So I think he's identifying good players. And if he can build on um, on this season by maybe trying to win another trophy, trying to cement Champions League again Maybe getting a little bit closer to Manchester City because you know, people are talking about successive trebles and t- timing is everything in football. And it fell for Manchester City this season, gone. But it's not going to fall every single season. And uh I, I think it will be a lot closer next time round.
0: I agree with that. And you mentioned earlier about the takeover and how I mean it's just completely dragging on. It's a fast the whole the whole situation is a fast. I don't want to go into the details uh you know or, you know or who do i prefer because i think it's just, just just pointless and it doesn't it's not um a constructive conversation but you know that that is one of my fears when i'm looking at Ten and the fantastic work he's done you know united played on the way deep into pretty much every single cup competition um and the way that he tried to manage the squad and you look at the limitations in the squad as well and there are a lot of limitations he did a fantastic job really excited to see what he can do i'm, I'm delighted he's He's the manager of Manchester United, um, but you know the takeover. If he's not back properly, he would be such a shame. All the hard work and and the the, the great foundations that have been built. The first season could go out the window. But so you mentioned some of um, some of the strengths of Anana, but I want to look at the graphic here here on the screen from FBRF. I want to pick out a few uh, shot stopping ones, and then I, we'll look at some of the the some of the other strengths and weaknesses. So <clears> you <throat> see here this season for Anana, he's had a really really good season. Something that surprised me actually is his save percentage at eighty eight. Centile in Europe. Mm. So he's up. He's up there, nearly with uh, some of the top top shot stoppers. That surprised me a lot because um, I think sometimes I can sense a mistake in him at times. Um, personally, when I've when I've seen him, Ob- obviously you know he's very uh, he's combative. I think you know obviously on the ball as well. There can be some mistakes, but take away all of those things, he's a really good goalkeeper doing what you're meant to do: stopping mm-hmm. goals and a lot of fans are worried that if United bring in a, uh, let's like, say, let's say a, a ball playing goalkeeper, or a keeper that's great with the ball at his feet, is able to build up, uh, is comfortable, playing like short passes, long passes, knowing when to release it, when to, you know, long, knowing when to, to play it short. But all of that aside, you still need your goalkeeper to stop goals. And being the 88th percentile, a 76.4% uh, save percentage is really, really good. So when you take away all the extra modern, I'm going to say in quotation marks, modern aspects or qualities of a goalkeeper, you still need your goalkeeper to save shots. So, and Absolutely. clean sheets 92nd percentile. Clean sheets is a team thing as well. I always say, you know, De Here got the golden boot, but uh, sorry, the golden glove, but uh, Lissandra Martinez and, and Varane and the back four also deserve their props there for Manchester United this season. You defend as a team, but Anana is a really good goalkeeper when you take away those other qualities that Ten Hag is looking for.
1: Mm. I fully fully agree. And I think as well, the step up from the Eredivisie to Serie A, it mustn't be easy. And there are some really good teams in Serie I mean, if you look at the top eight, you know, Fiorentina reached the European final. Roma, Atalanta, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Napoli, Juventus, Lazio. You know, it's, it's not easy, especially away from home. You know, Italy is kind of having a little bit of a renaissance. Excuse the pun, but in terms of um, in terms of the, the the league, and I always say that it's it's important to to look at different leagues. You know, you can't you can't judge them all as if you know. When I hear people say about the French league, you know, being a farmers league, you know, are people aware that the league uh, was reduced this um, this season ahead of next season, where instead of having twenty participants, there's only going to be eighteen. They also done away with their uh, French League Cup. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's becoming a little bit of a closed shop in um, in France in particular. But it's always nice to um, to spread uh, the knowledge around. And uh, I think with the European journey that Inter are on, I mean, I still think that uh, Federico de Marcos, who had a great um, Champions League run and people were saying, oh, they were on the good side of the draw. You know, banana's done really well. And I- I've been saying it on so many occasions that there's not a pot of gold at the end of every transfer you know I mean I've interviewed managers and players where a a transfer has broken their career and made their career so you need that you need that timing you need things to to come together you know football is littered of of nearly stories of transfers and and things like that and um, you know you just have to try to make the right decision for you as a player and uh, make sure that the best situation is the best it's the best one you're going into to the form, to perform to the best of your ability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're spot on. I think you make some good points as well regarding maybe perception of, of of other leagues, especially when Premier League fans, I think, do this a lot, perception of these leagues. But you you look at the Italian league or the Serie A, for example, like you said, Fiorentina, Roma and Inter all got to the finals of uh conference Europa and the Champions League so Mm -hmm. I think you know considering all of that and and Inter were nowhere near the the strongest side as well even Mm -hmm. in even in in Serie A so uh, I think Anana was a big reason why they were able to do that this graphic here James as well it might be a little bit difficult uh, for you to see so I will call a few things out so big one that stands out to me here is passes attempted you know 90th percentile in Europe compared to other goalkeepers in top five leagues that's nearly 36 passes a game per 90 minutes which is which is really really good and it's it's, it's a lot more than what David De, Gea, David De Gea is on the lower end of the scale um so that's the one I do really want to pick out with you and I think something that's very very interesting as well is uh crosses stopped as well 56 percentiles so 6.1 percent United have had a few issues with David De Gea besides being a, a well-class shop stopper and I think though this season he has made a few mistakes and you know that, that's been frustrating but commanding his area and, and commanding your area is still important in the Premier League. I don't think it's as important as people um, think it is. You know, back in, I would say, the early 2000s to the late 2000s and obviously in the 90s and 80s, commanding your area is very, very important. Um, I don't think, you know, you're expecting your keeper to consistently jump out and and catching these balls. But I think commanding um, outside of the area, I'm going to say. So, you know, being able to come off the line and sweep, allowing you to play a high line is really, mm-hmm. really important. And that's what I've liked from Anana is that, not only is he comfortable shot stopping, not only is he comfortable playing out from the back or going long, he's comfortable coming off his line and playing that sweeper role. So when I'm looking at some of the underlying numbers as well, which back up what I, what I think about him, I think the eye test has also been positive with Onana as well. I mean, is he... When you compare him to someone like Diogo Costa, who's been linked to I who is he I think probably got a higher ceiling, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to achieve that talent. Like you mentioned, there's no yeah. pot of gold. The end of a transfer, so when no. you're looking at what Ten Hag is looking for, he knows Anana, he knows what he's about. You can see with your eyes as well. You can look at the stats. He's, he's a top top goalkeeper, and that mm. that that's the reason why I think Ten Hag is go- looking towards Anana, isn't it? Rather than maybe someone like
1: Costa. Yeah, I believe so. And also, although the uh, Portuguese league is much maligned, um, it's it's an easier step up from Serie A to the Premier League than Liga Sagres to uh, or the Liga Nos, as they say. Um, to um, from from the Portuguese league to the Premier League, it's easier to step up. <clears throat> excuse me, from Serie uh, A to the Premier League. And uh, as I said, when I first come on, before we went live today, you know, the transfer window has only been open for nine days, and it it really is a, like an industry within an industry. It never used to be that way.
0: Absolutely, and James, thank you so much for joining me. We're 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 at, we're at time now, but where can the listeners find your fantastic work? And tell tell the listeners as well what you have in the pipeline. You're not on Twitter anymore. Um, so yeah, where can they find your fantastic work? Well,
1: um, for lots of people who um, respected my work, and I'm, I remember going to Ajax Benfica once, taking my seat and hearing somebody shout, James, and I'm in a stadium of 55,000 people. And they're like, oh, I read your work and can I have a photo? I was like, okay, no problem. But it took me by surprise a little bit in the Champions League a few years back. And um. I always like to be honest with people that respected my work and people I work with and people I like. Many rumours about Twitter as to what happened with me. Obviously, having the same name as a as a, um, a football manager as well, who's also uh, hit the headlines. You know, people think it's the same person. It's not. You know, one had NL referring to the Netherlands, which is where I live. And, um, yeah, what it was is I had... Um, I had people working in the media departments of Queens Park Rangers, Millwall, and Charlton Athletic uh, getting in touch with me on Twitter, wanting me to kind of do their job for them, and it was driving me a little bit up the wall. Where if I'm working in professional football, you um, you won't have to approach uh, strangers or people that know their stuff on Twitter. So it was uh, it was something I was finding difficult. So I decided to end that one. And people can always find my work by googling me. Uh, I'm well known for my work on World Football Index, Football Annual, as well. Also, um, having wrote for the Secret Footballer website as well, and many different Arsenal podcasts through the years. So, if you just Google James Rowe, uh, football interviews, or James Rowe um, Arsenal podcast, you'll always find uh, you'll always find something to keep you uh, to keep you uh, jolly. I hope. And um, yeah, lovely to be back speaking about football, and uh, look forward to next time already
0: absolutely james listen you are you know you're my go-to man when it comes to anything to do the expert on dutch football so thank you so much for joining me guys thank you very much for listening make sure you do check out some of james's work we'll put it in the link below and we will see you all next time